When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and Ivy. I know a story of high strangeness or two. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. Happy New Year! I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Happy New Year! It's me, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer... Riley Bray. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, dropping those balls. Woo! Ow! Oh, Bryce. A ball. The Happy New Year ball. What you There's know only one. The the, is there only one? No one else does the ball <laughs> drop? The There's just one New Year ball. All right. What do you okay. think this is? A Manscaped ad? They they haven't been sponsored <laughs> since wish. 2019. They wish it was a Manscaped oh, ad. Uh, still people, you know, we get a lot of requests that Uncle Dickie come back from the dead. And you know what? Maybe yeah. 2023 yeah. is the year that it happens. Hey, anything's possible. We'll we find out. Uh, we're going to jump right into it because we have such an amazing guest for you guys tonight. Uh, this week's guest is an actor and a comedic performer, an improvisocio. Is that what they call him? Improvisocio? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You might know this individual from shows like The Last OG, Bajillion Dollar Properties, Oh, Superstore, ever heard of it? Or perhaps the world-famous <laughs> comedy company, The Groundlings. Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Gall. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm so excited to be here. I can't tell you guys. I I am a late-to-the-game fanboy. (laughs) 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 And I am real excited about being here. I I told you before, but I'm going to say it again. I think... I listened to my first episode three weeks ago, and I'm a hundred episodes in. <laughs> Man, that's so, so great! I love how, that. Wow, we're, Brian, we're how are you going in chronological order? Like, how are those early episodes holding up? I have not been back. You know, <laughs> no, they aren't. They do hold up because everybody. What I love about this show is you don't know what people's kind of uh, point of view on the paranormal is going to be. And Mm. it's always exciting to see like how hard they're going to dive into it or how hard (laughs) they're going to be skeptical or, uh, you know, so I, that's, and then I always look forward to believe it or bullshit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't want to give that away that that's happening, and I can't wait oh, to do it, buddy. <laughs> but, not only, but not only is it happening, but you're going to be the first 
person mm-hmm. to go through the brand new list for 2023. How's that oh, for a teaser? I, I, yeah, I be- mean, believe that. <laughs> uh, bullshit. No, I, I, I believe it and I'm excited about it. No, I really, I truly am a fan. I'm, I uh, slap myself on the wrist for being so late to the game, but I'm glad that I got here eventually. Look, well, thank you just, so much, man. We're blushing. That's incredible. And we're just happy you're yeah. here, Ryan. I, uh, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. A uh, little behind-the-scenes knowledge. Our listeners know Kevin Kirkpatrick. And oh, yeah. I Ooh. met I met Ryan years ago through Kevin doing the Cooking with Gas show at the ground. So a long time ago, and I'm very, very excited to to find out because you're on my list. Absolutely. Like Ryan Gall's on the list. So the (laughs) fact that you you told me you listened to the show, I immediately was like, come be on it. Because it's funny because we (laughs) we have a thing where I don't know if this is actually fair because a lot of our guests are funny, but it is, you know. You and I have both worked with the wonderful Paul F. Tompkins. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Paul. You, I know mm-hmm. you are as huge well. Fan. Huge fan. And Paul, yeah. it, we Paul kind of. I, I think it was like beginning with Paul. I started to realize that a lot of the like very smart, funny comedians or improv comedians or performers tended to be skeptical. So it's rare that we get someone who's like profession is to be funny but also is open to this stuff now now do you find that to be a a truthful observation or or am i way off the mark there god that's that's really interesting i i don't think i've ever made that connection if anything i i've kind of thought the opposite that sort of when you you move towards the creative world or the the world of cinema and stage and uh, TV that usually you find more open minds. Um, So I find, I I consider myself sort of a skeptic, but I'm, but I'm very interested in finding out the truth. So I I might, I might, I, you, I might stand uncorrected in that you stand stand uncorrected but i'm surprised paul f Tompkins is such a skeptic i don't like that that surprises me i think he i think he enjoys a good story a good yarn but is like i don't think there's anything (laughs) but he's like when we die we're dust yes yeah yeah Yeah. right yeah i mean your life is a good yarn (laughs) (laughs) i get it i get i guess it's such a it's such a weird lesson that like uh, you know you never know you never know where like i was listening to anna camp talk to you guys and if i had if you had asked me at the beginning of that episode uh what she would have said i would i would say like oh she's gonna say this is all garbage and immediately she was like i believe in everything (laughs) give me give me swamp ape give me you know everything and i love that i love like the openness her open mind about everything and 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 her trying to make connections between things that weird things that have happened in her life and saying they're just not normal i believe in that a hundred percent okay so no i didn't mean to cut you off there let's get let's just get into this because we're flirting around the subject here you know, we ask everybody who's on the show, like Anna Camp, like Paul F. Tompkins, Ryan Gall, what is your personal paranormal history? 
start where you want to God. start. Let's begin with you being a skeptic. Have you? But have you ever had anything happen to you that you couldn't explain? Yeah, I mean, I, I think like I've sort of, uh, I I grew up in a, a pretty staunch Catholic family, so mm. I feel like that anytime you grow up with a religion built around your upbringing, I feel like for good or for bad, you sort of, you, you believe in things. Right. Um, right. Well, it and, certainly sets the framework, you know what I mean? Uh, for how you're going to perceive your world, you know? Absolutely. And, and you, you, you think there's something more out there. So I always thought that as a, as a kid, and in fact, in, I remember in fifth grade, we had a science fair and I had, I, told my teacher I wanted to um, do paranormal uh, investigations as a... <laughs> no as way. A, yeah. No. That's so and, awesome. Early Club Scout member. I like it. No, and Mr. Dixon, I remember he was like, well, that's not... You can't do that. That's not science. And I was like, well, you say so. Um, let me investigate and I can make it into science and use the scientific method to try to see what I can find. And exactly. I went with, he, he eventually was like, yeah, you can do that if you want. I guess I ended up getting like a B minus on it. But in fifth grade, my friend Jonah and David, my two friends, Jonah and David, we went to a haunted house and spent the night in a haunted house what? together in uh sunday river maine Ooh. and oh you grew up in maine yeah i don't I think we've had maine. anyone from maine on the show maine you know of course portland maine is the home of lauren coleman's cryptozoology museum mm -hmm. i didn't know that well, now you do, Ryan. This is, this is where we're Main at. Facts. Main facts. <laughs> Main I'm facts. I'm going to go your home state. I want to go there immediately. <laughs> but I did. I went. I I don't know why our parents allowed us to do this, but they let the three of us in fifth grade go stay overnight with this woman who had a a house somewhere no. in this somewhere in this valley near Sunday River, and. Uh, she started the whole night by saying, all right, I'm going to take you down to the basement. I have, <laughs> I have a room. We're, we're, we're 11 years old, 11 years old. And we Strong go down and she goes, this is a, this is a room where she did some sort of like psychotherapy for people. And she would put them in this room with padded walls. Wait a minute. And <laughs> Wait, oh, no. this is Ryan. true. Right. This is not true. Okay. Okay. Step back a little bit, though. Okay. What is yes. this house? Who is this woman? It's like How a grim fairy tale. Like, we, a, yeah, yes, I know. You, you want Was information? It, Andy, did you find it while walking through the forest? <laughs> no. So I, I just ran into this house. No. So as I decided I wanted to do basically like at a, as a fifth grader, I was like, my science fair project is ghosts uh, <laughs> and poltergeists. Um, so when I did that, a f one of my friend's mothers was like, Oh, my, my friend lives in a haunted house. And I was like, can we go there and stay there? And she was like, absolutely. We'll make a weekend out of it. Uh, 
So that's wow. how I got the connection. My parents were like, yeah, let him go. It's fine. Um, and then, yeah. So when we got there, my friend's mother just dropped us off and, <laughs> and said, I'll pick you up uh, tomorrow morning at like 10 a.m. and we'll go skiing. Yeah, so, you know, right. normal, just like, dro- just like stuff. Just like your parents dropped you off for the two two p.m. screening of Blank Man. Here, here you go. Hang out, hang out with this lady in her haunted house overnight. That's so great. Yeah, added therapy basement. That's fine. That's no, great. the ther- the therapy room was terrifying. And she says to us. Each of you should spend ten minutes in there alone because oh that's the most haunted place of the house. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. We're in fifth. We're in fifth grade. Right. Are you so okay my- being alone with your thoughts? <laughs> For how long? By how way, long at a time? <laughs> I think I lasted. I think I lasted like six minutes. Uh, I was banging on that door, being like, oh, "I'll get out." Uh, oh my god yeah, it was so terrifying the energy I, I you know you you talk about like the energy in places sometimes and it's really yeah. hard to explain like why you feel weird and I, I i still to this day i don't know if it's because we you know sort of we put that on ourselves or if we're actually feeling it from a mm. location, but as a fifth grader, I remember being like, "This is wrong. <laughs> I don't like it here." So yeah, that was. By the way, that was like six o'clock at night. We hadn't even reached. <laughs> like, hadn't even ordered pizza yet. <laughs> no, no, we hadn't had dinner. We hadn't done anything. We all did that. Nobody saw anything. What, Everybody. What was, did What did she feed you? What did she feed you that night? <laughs> You know, I'm if I'm being totally honest, I don't remember, but I want to believe it was something really, I, I, I kind of want to say like it was a, a stew or something like real <laughs> sure. basic, yeah. like exactly what you would expect in Maine. I, I don't think it was pizza. I don't think it was. You guys didn't get any- little Caesars <laughs> she didn't, she didn't spring for pizza, pizza. <laughs> no, we got Whoppers. We all ate Whoppers. So Ryan, <laughs> Ryan let me ask. Let me ask you, what type of hauntings did she say was occurring at this location? Well, so she said if you slept in a certain room, um, you were almost guaranteed to have an out-of-body experience where, <laughs> oh. where somebody would uh, appear at the end of the bed and take you basically for a ride. Oh, my <laughs> and, gosh. Yeah. Th- this was wow. Like, Heavy stuff. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's more than a hot. Yeah, wow. That's wild. So I don't know. She you, might have been a you witch. You boys are about to be taken for a ride. <laughs> no, she. And guess what? We were immediately like, I remember my friend Jonah looking at me being like, so we got to sleep in that room, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's so funny. We are. As long as we're together. Because as kids, well, you're like, you're, you, you can't be beat if you're together. No. You're just like, yeah, let's do it. So now I imagine her as some like some new thought psychotherapist who's like into astral projection and rubber rooms. And it's I, like, you know, honestly, who knows? there's a real there's a real good chance that was the case. Do you know do, so we, do we have confirmation that this woman was accredited? 
oh, accredited to what? Like, <laughs> I mean, she, what were she, her credentials here? I like, I don't even know if this woman existed. <laughs> this might have been like something. I Seriously, up. right? Totally. But, but I I bring this up because I like nothing ever happened that weekend. And as a fifth grader, I remember coming home being like, "Oh, that's disappointing." Because I, I, I really was open to it and I wanted to see something and nothing happened. I heard some great stories, great stories. Yep. And we mm. were freaked out of our minds. But, like, but you, said so you, you said you uh, you said you felt something. You said you felt uh, the, or, the energy of that that's, room. That was something. That's, that's true. And that is true. And I but I still I would question whether that's like, you know, like the fear of a mm. human being's fear creates that as much as sure. they're receiving it. So gotcha, I, gotcha. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure, but they, so from there we jump, I, I never saw anything again. I never was in a situation like that again until two years ago, I went to uh, Savannah, Georgia. Oh boy. And yeah, Savannah. That's and we, the uh, Grand Central Station of paranormal activity, <laughs> yeah. my friend. So a, f- a friend of mine and I went there to kind of research because we wanted to write a, a kind of a ghost story, a horror movie ghost story. And we went there and we we stayed in this um, hotel that used to be, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like old horse stables. I think hmm. for owned by like Coca-Cola or something, but oh, wow. anyway, we went to a ton of, we went to like moon river brewing and they invited us up into the like attic and we got to like sit there by ourselves and just look around. Everything was very creepy, but again, nothing was like, nothing was, we didn't see anything or, but it, the whole town, if you haven't been there and haven't explored there is just amazing. And so cut to me, I'm alone in my hotel room and I wake up at about 2.45 a.m. And out of the corner of my eye, I have blackout shades uh, in the hotel because I want to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Hadn't hadn't had, I probably had like a, a couple of drinks, but I was by no means intoxicated or anything like that. And I look up and I see something at the foot of my bed and it just sprints to the <gasps> left. No. And it's the only time in my life this has ever happened. I full on screamed. Yeah. Oh my God. In there. I, I, screamed and I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I turned on the lights and watched TV until the sun came up. Oh shit. I was horrified. Sprint. Um, That's such a strong word for a shadow entity. (laughs) Imagine something. It felt like I saw something and it recognized I saw it and it ran. Wow. And I tried to recreate it. I tried to look at like uh, any light that might be shining through. I didn't have a bathroom. There was no light in the room. So I was like, I don't even know how I'm seeing this, but I was, I shit my pants. I, I, I was terrified. That is the only time that made me 
think something was something was in a room with me. Something well, that was counts. In the room. <laughs> that definitely yeah. counts. <laughs> and I woke up the next day and I told my friend and and you know he's like tell me everything, tell me everything. I was like I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm just seeing this. You know, you you can go either way with it. You can kind of say like, well, your your mind can create things and and see things, but I I've never screamed like that, and I mm. don't. I I felt a panic sure. that I've never felt before. But was it because I was in a town full of ghost stories and my mind was ready to receive any type of thing that happened as a ghost? I don't know. Man. I don't think so. Look, this 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 whole idea of people like say, you know, they they use the term so casually. You know, well, we we often see things, and like it's like, do we? Do we really like? Do we often hallucinate? And what is a hallucination? What's the, what's the science behind that? Right? Like, are we supposed yeah. to be seeing things? Like, I think we know when we're actually seeing something. Uh, but I think, like, you know, I, I definitely, I think that's funny. I think a lot of people sort of just casually play that. Oh, people see things all the time. I've never seen something unless I saw something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I, from that moment on, I. I probably took like four Ubers uh, <laughs> while I was in Savannah. And every time I got in the car, I'd go, hey, so do you have a good ghost story? <laughs> and every single person was like a little hesitant and then told me something mm. that I'm like, this is crazy. They're telling me something crazy. Like one woman told me about uh living living in a house across from a plantation and uh every every night she would see just a train of people walking past her door Whoa. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. a train Whoa. and i go what do you yeah, mean a train she was like she was like honey it was just it was just a bunch of people hmm. walking past my door and and her her mother at the time told her to take newspaper, and I don't know what this means, but you take newspaper and you like wallpaper the the walls around the area where you're seeing things with just newspaper. Oh, I don't weird. know. I don't know why. I, I was keep, like to keep the ghosts out, or to or to let them know it's okay to go. I I wasn't sure, and she was like, mm. and eventually they just went away. But the ease, the ease at which people told me some of the stories, I was like, there's not, I don't, I don't feel like there's much of a reason they would lie to me. There's not, right. they're no. not making these stories no, 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 up. No. They're, no. you know, it's so, I, I'm, a, I'm yeah. sort of obsessed with that aspect of it, where it's yeah. like, I don't know why we see these things and I don't know the science behind it, but I, I just am. Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody. Nobody does. Yeah. Which, by the way, bothers me tremendously when ghost hunters <laughs> have technology <laughs> that they say is like, this is this is how you detect a ghost. I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Honestly, they don't. But I think I think that in those cases, when it comes to like the occult technology, sometimes just the tried and true practices that have been around for centuries gets, or maybe even not centuries, gets results, right? 
Now, what do like those what? results mean? Well, dousing rods or spirit boxes, things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. things that you might go or something as simple as like an Ouija board, which I know, you yeah, know, we've done an episode tools on that. that work. Yep. Or or tarot cards, which isn't necessarily communing with the other side, but are tools of divination. The, it for for I whatever was really reason, just saying nobody knows what what ghosts really are. Well, you know no, I, I know mean, it, right. they have their best guesses, but a hundred percent. And I and if I if we and, don't know what they are. How do we know the science that can detect them? Exactly, exactly. And and mm, and I got point. that. I got that, Bryce. And 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 I guess I'm responding to that question, Ryan, which is. I don't think we do, but I think that there there are practices when it comes to something as ginger, ginger, gingerly, uh, gingerly, is, sure, is ginger, right? I don't know. I don't think that's correct, but something that is as uh, uh, tentative as communing with the other side, some things, some practices seem to get results or at least produce results that have meaning. Now, is that us? projecting meaning onto it maybe but something seems to happen when we use certain tools to communicate with the other side i i'm not saying that we know how that occult science works either as much as we do why why some of these things happen to us that we can't explain but there it it does seem to get results right does that make sense yeah i get i i guess so um, uh, when you say results what do you what do you mean? I guess when I say results is <clears throat> um, the idea of I'm going to put something out there. I'm going to see if if this thing will. Who are you? OK, let's let's use an Ouija board. Maybe that's not the best best example. The use idea a, of set, how about a spirit box. Great. Uh, setting an intention, setting an intention with a tool and getting a hit back. Right. Or something as simple as if you can hear us knock three times on the wall and you hear three, you hear three knocks, right? In that case, I guess there's not, I I get, I get, I get the corner that I backed myself up into and I'm trying to like (laughs) figure my way out of it. But there have been times, for example, there have been times, for example, when I've used something like a tarot deck and I have been like, okay, I'm looking for an answer in this particular category of my life. And if the spirits, and I'll sometimes say spirits in my mind, I'm saying ancestors or spirits out there, what is it that that I need to know? And I'll be thinking, oh, they're going to give me a card like this, or they're going to give me an answer like this. And then the card that comes up will be something so opposite of that when I look up the meaning or see it, that it's almost a joke, you know, almost being almost like something zigged when I was expecting it to zag. Uh, One of the examples that I've brought up on the show years ago was I remember flipping through something as simple as Instagram and seeing a card. I think it was like the five of wands come up and, and, and someone was talking about that card and I was like, Oh, this makes me want to go pull a card from my tarot card. And I think I went over there and I shuffled and I was like, okay, if anybody's paying attention, if anyone's like, what should I know? What, what should I know in this moment right now? That's going to help me. And, and, and I pulled a card and it was the five of wands. It was literally the card that I had just seen 
on mm. Instagram that encouraged me to go look at the deck, right? And in yeah. that moment, I was like, okay, something is playing with me here and going, okay, we have your attention. You need to pay attention because right. we just, out of this entire deck of cards, you pulled the one thing that you just saw on your phone that made you feel stupid for going to go, go <laughs> coming to us, right? So something yeah. that's a result to me. That's a result right there that you can do something and something answers back. Not right. the best answer, not the most elegant answer, but the, this idea of, uh, I guess, a result is a call and response that, the, that you get a response to something that you're casting out. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get, I get that. I, I, I think like through everything I've sort of researched individually, I can't remember who said it on your show, but they were, they said like, you know, it's a really personal thing and it's probably different for everyone. And you have this, this energy in the universe that affects everybody differently. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, for whatever reason, you know, like you, you could say you, you know, maybe you somehow, created that energy that brought that card sure. back to you. Sure. And mm -hmm. so like, the, I, I guess I'm like, I want to be humble enough to be like, I don't know what any of this is, but I'm so interested in it. Totally. And I'm so like, I, I'm so open to it. Well, I haven't seen a lot, but I want to be like, yeah. I, and I, my, my pet peeve is when people just go like, yeah, I'll believe that. Because I, I just like, want to, I want to jump in here and say you're in the perfect spot because, listen, we welcome the skeptic, okay? We don't <laughs> welcome the the pro-debunker who's just set out no. uh, trying to debunk everything. It's so good to have a healthy dose of skepticism. But even more, you're also, you, you know, you seem to be accepting of some sort of mystical element that, that pervades the universe. And let me tell you something, Ryan. You're absolutely oh, oh right, boy. okay? I feel because, like uh, Bryce no, gets get back yeah. up on his soapbox. <laughs> no, 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 no. But listen, sh shamans going back thousands of years have been tapping into this unseen, invisible energy and, and telling us about it. And, and and this is his sort of been developing for centuries ever so after, right? Like today we're seeing ghosts and UFOs and, and mon monkeys in the woods. And, you know, it's like, yeah, there's something happening, right? And is it, is it, is it something mystical? Is it something illusory? I, I don't know, but there is a mystery at play uh, on this planet, and we're a part of it, and uh, and it's good to be open to it because it just makes life that much sweeter. Well, it, gives, it absolutely gives you, you know, a bigger point of view on everything when you go, we're not the center of the universe. There's so much more out there, and there's so much more energy out there. I do not believe we are just mistakenly grown on this planet without mm. something of a, you know, we're not just elements. We're not just, you know, coal and atoms and carbon. There's, and there, there's a, something a cosmic else. accident. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's something else going on. And I think I, my, I have a, a nine year old child and a 12 year old child my 12 year old child the other day we were talking about the universe and talking about like you know you have the earth and you have the solar system and that you have our galaxy and the the milky way and then you you expand and you have you know 
thousands, if not millions of uh, solar systems in our, our Milky Way. And then you expand upon that and you, you see all these galaxies, you know, millions of galaxies that we can see. And then you expand beyond that. And he just, he so logically asked me, he was like, and then what's beyond that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So on what, and on it what, goes. Where, when, what happens at the end of the universe? Well, Michio Kakao <laughs> says that, that the edge of the universe is a bubble and then it's floating around in a substance much like some sort of liquid in a Petri dish. And wow. on the other side of that substance, some call it the bleed. If you're a Warren Ellis reader, you might come up in the authority or planetary. Uh, but on the other side of that are other universes floating around in that Petri dish with their own bubbles that are the ever-growing, expanding uh, yeah. universes and then those petri dishes are stacked on top of each other like <laughs> a multiplane camera and there's just levels and levels of of multiversal substance well to michael's to michael's point bubble, it, to michael's point it, you're only limited by your imagination, right? And this is just man's attempt to grasp infinitude. And, you know, I would tell your t children, don't think outward, like keep expanding what's in space. Also, there's inward, inner space. Inner space is just as vast and inf infinite as outer space. As above, yeah. so below. When we dissect the atom and the subatomic particle, do you know what we keep finding? Space and more space just limitless, right? As much as we look in, we're finding the same vastness that we find out. So I, what's out there is so in right. here. You're so right. And this is why I say like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sort of a massive fan of, you know, ghost hunting or any paranormal adventure, you know, reality shows. I'm, I, I love this stuff. I love the search. I think it was, you know, I, in college, I played like a small part in a play as William B. Yates. And there was a line in there where he was like, no, it's not, it's something about like, it's not knowing that God exists. The, the idea is like, can throughout your life searching for God. That's, mm. that's, that's what it is. And I, mm. that I was kind of, hung on to that and when we talk about all this stuff you're talking about like inner space outer space it's the search that really gets me going really gets me going and when i see people try to control it and say well you know uh when you see a ghost this is what it is mm. like there are people who who claim they know what a ghost is or they claim they know right. this tool does like what are what are the little two rods you you hold the dousing uh, rods yeah yeah those are uh a hundred percent not real right <laughs> I, I don't know this goes back to my thing that's what i'm saying no, it's a trick they've been a I, trick if but, for but, years and years well, you're calling me on the carpet because this is th that was an example i used to, of like did they, yeah. they get results i don't know if yeah. they're real or not but you well, know what i mean it's in the efficacy of the results yeah i would love to see one result that has come from dowsing rods i don't know about proof. i don't know about proof 
<laughs> but in terms of, I think people, I mean, dowsing rods work for water. Well, I could show you, I, th- there's a money trail that you could follow. Oil companies have been using dowsers for the last century to find wells, and, and they believe in it. Uh, you know, and that's, that's a big word, too, because that's a main ingredient for the dowser is belief, right? There has to be this, this mystical element again, this belief in what they're doing will work. And more often than not, uh, when those rods or sticks or copper copper uh, things cross, there's usually something underneath, whether it's water or oil, but but they're tapping into some sort of unknown thing. Uh, yeah, not everybody can do it, like I say, you know, but but you gotta have belief. Wait, I gotta we gotta go back. Who what oil company uses dowsing rods? <laughs> I'm looking for that right now. I'm trying I've read stories about there, well, if okay, you look hard enough, you'll find it. K- Edgar Casey no, used to doubt. We can't. But we have. I'll, we I'll give you a specific example. Edgar, Edgar Casey, I think, moved with his family to St. Louis. Uh, he was known as the Sleeping Prophet. He was hired by an oil tycoon uh, to douse rods in certain locations. Uh, it didn't. But it didn't work much of today? his effect. Okay, uh, I do want to know. know. You would, Here we you go. would be surprised. Hold on, everybody. Here's an article from NPR in 2017 that does say UK water companies sometimes use gousing rods to find pipes. There you so, go. Yes. I think they do. I think they do work. Copper dowsing rods do for some reason work to help find water under Apparently, the. I, but this is again. Eat. By the way, I'm not being an asshole. I'm I'm really saying like how? Like what's well, the nobody science knows. behind it? Nobody knows. Nobody, but nobody knows again. has done it. Like they, like everybody has a story about it, but then they can't point to a video of it working. Or look, it's called it, witching for water. Okay, <laughs> it's in the name. You're using an occult science. It's the great it's unknown it's for a reason. It's ineffable. It's ineffable. <laughs> no, I I did a, a a ghost tour in Key West once, and they gave me the rods and. I was like, I'm going to really let this happen. And I sat there and they did not move at but all. Did you, did you believe like, Brian? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I was like, I was open to it, but I did not. I think what dowsing rods are, they're very sensitive to the micro physical movements of the hand. And they, that's how they move. Well, look, I don't know how we got into a debate about dowsing rod. I feel differently about them than Bryce does, than Riley does, as Ryan does. Maybe they were a bad example. No, but you know they're the great example. They go back to they go back to antiquity. They're the perfect example. I do. I do. I would say. I would say circling back, and we have to break here, and in just a moment, unfortunately. But I would say that going back to what you said, Ryan, about. And I, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about dowsing rods here. But when, but but when we go back to something where you said, well, maybe it was your psychic connection or your the, your thoughts or the way that you imprinted that deck that would pull the card that you just saw. Number yeah. one, I find that maybe just as fascinating, if not more, than if there was some sort of supernatural force behind it. Right? What's yeah, the science, that's, that's what, a possibility. What's the science behind Absolutely. that? Let me let me know. The other thing that I would say in these situations, 
And I, I guess this is what I was sort of getting to. In a situation like you waking up in the middle of the night and seeing something, in the situation where I was like, I can't fucking believe I just pulled this card. There always seems to be, for me personally, a sense of something else communicating with me. Now, if that is me projecting my own subconscious outside my body, I'm totally open to that. Hmm. But it does fill, always fill me with the sense of there was something else in the room with me in this moment hmm. that gave me a little, whoa, you know what I mean? And, and that's, I guess, what I meant by a result, a call and a response. Yes. Whoa. I, I believe you're right. And the, the only difference I would say is instead of it, – it's not science. It's a specific thing to you individually because we can't, we can't kind of put it across the board for all of yes. us if you have that experience. That's what's so interesting about, you know – the paranormal to me is that it's so individual. Well, and, yeah. yeah. And, and it won't behave in a laboratory. Forget no. trying to, pin, forget trying to pin it down with data. It just won't happen. You know what I mean? This thing is precognitive. Yes. It's sentient. It knows what you're, it knows how you're trying to trap it. It won't let you. Uh, but that's, what I, I, that's what I mean about like dowsing rods or, or things like that, where I, like I see these shows where they have, you know, a spirit box. And, you know, frankly, I just sort of look at these things and I go like, now the energy, like this is something beyond our, our understanding. It's not going to come through on a, you know, a modified AM radio that like spits through, you know, DJs uh, over the world. (laughs) And like, like, why, why would it, why would it? That's my yeah. question is like, why would, why would well, such a p- powerful thing that looks at us as ants be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll well, you uh, know what? deliver information through a, a little spirit box. You know what it sounds like? We all, oh, need, a th- we all need to throw <laughs> an occult science fair and figure out how this shit there works. We go. Oh, that would be so rad. Oh, the occult, doing science, occult science fair. fair. Ryan, What's total Adams family? Your- I'm down for yeah. that. Uh, Let's do it. That. I'm in. Yeah. I'm, right. in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We got to take a break. When we come back, we have uh, much more to discuss with Ryan Gall. Oh boy. All right, Ryan Gall is with Bigfoot Collectors Boys, taking them to task and also no. holding them up at the same time. We love it. We love Hell it. Yeah. Hell thing. yeah, Ryan. Hell thing. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. All right, Ryan, we play a game yes. with all of our guests. We play a game. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena and yeah. rapid fire style. If you're open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. You have to come down on one side or the other. There's no in between. Okay. I understand the, and I want to, I want to say if, if I'm open to it, it doesn't necessarily mean I, I, cause sometimes people say like, are you interested in it? Or so like, so I, it's just, I have to be open to it. You're open to the idea that it could be a real thing. Okay. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. We yep, can yep, always yep. circle back. We can always circle back. <laughs> because- I, mean, I don't know, Michael, that sounds pretty great. Isn't it just bullshit or believe it? Yeah. Well, 
I'm trying to say, Bryce, you can't <laughs> pick an in between. You gotta. You're trying to urge. I'm gonna do it. You're trying to I'm urge them past the being. I on just the wanted fence. to throw a monkey wrench in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's Bryce, nudging towards it. All you do is throw a monkey wrench into it. You don't need to. <laughs> That's try. my job. All right, here we go. This is a game we call bullshit or believe it. 2023 edition. All right, here we go. Ryan Gall, on your mark. Get set. <sighs> Ghosts. Believe it. Bigfoot. Uh, bullshit. UFOs. Believe it. Mothman. Bullshit. Curses. Bullshit. Possessed dolls. Bullshit. The Bermuda Triangle. Bullshit. Hollow Earth. Bullshit. There are alien constructs on the moon. Bullshit. Psychic visions. Believe it. Dreams are really other realities, and when you fall asleep, you visit them. (laughs) Weird, but believe it. That's good. Time travel. Believe it. Bending spoons with your mind. Bullshit. Entities from other dimensions visit our world. Bullshit as of now. Pets see spirits. Believe it, but would love a circle back on that. <laughs> That's Tarot a good cards. one. All right. Uh, bullshit. The Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about Roswell. <laughs> uh, believe it. People thought I was not going to go legit on that one, and I did. We you are did living it. in a simulation. Bullshit. You, you could outsmart a werewolf. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Planet Earth is a sentient macroorganism. Bullshit. <laughs> the universe is looking out for you. Bullshit. Finally. Do you remember the famous Bear family's last name spelled as Berenstein or Berenstain? Steen. Okay, mm. there you go. Congratulations. Wow, you made that's it through. great. Woo. Well done. That's well a good done. one. <laughs> that's love some that. good questions. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Switch, Got to switch it up. You know, we're into year six here. So uh, <laughs> circle back on Pet C Spirit. The pets. No. no. I do think, you know, you you look at uh uh pets and their senses and you know whether it's smell or sight most of them are more advanced than a human and i totally. have to believe that they like they will see things before i do i've been i've walked my dog many times where his he'll just like perk up and his ears will go up and i'll be like what's that and like a minute and a half later three coyotes will come down the road yeah mm-hmm. and i'll be like yeah he knew they were here he could smell yeah. them they so, can smell wow. and hear yeah. that stuff way ahead of us yeah and i i do i i used to always look through when i was a kid i'd look through my cat and dogs like i'd get behind them and look through their ears because i always heard if you look through their ears <laughs> like, that's, from, that's, from that's, behind that's the first that's the first no, oh. you never heard. That. So you're kind of like no. you're taking their vision 
through like from behind over their wait a minute their skull. Oh, I fucking love this. I'm wait getting my dog right this now. This is this is a Come real Bryce. This is a real Bryce thing. <laughs> yeah. I love this. But I would love wait. it. it or, or wait, I explain would... to me. Explain to me. At least me. You're yeah. getting down behind your pet. You're looking through the light shining through their ears. Yeah. So to do suppose, what? Picture yourself like putting your head right behind their skull. Oh, so I'm there. Your, so your eyes are sort of looking right over the horizon of their okay. skull okay. through almost trying to see exactly what they're seeing. Okay. And the closer you can get to that, supposedly you would be, I guess it. maybe I heard more with cats than dogs, but I would try it with both. Um, you, you, you would be able to uh, see spirits or ghosts. Oh my god! Wait, I this, love, I love this. You're going to wear come matching collars with my dog now, like like Wait a, a super pet. Leave it, right? But I would you're, try it all the time. You're going to come at me for dousing rods, but if you if you put your eyes at eye level with your pet skull, you'll see ghosts. Is that Mr. what you're doing right now? Well, I'm not. I'm not doing it right now. I did Bryce it when I was like in third grade, and then I realized it was bullshit. I have to say that is both the most specific and weirdest so thing fun. I have heard in 226 episodes of this I know. show. I love it. I just love it. Yeah, I think it's, Every- it was really fun as a kid doing that. I because I you know I lived in total dark like when i'd walk my dog at night i didn't have any neighbors i had total darkness oh so i would take my flashlight and i'd put it on my head and then i'd get down behind my dog and i'd look with my <laughs> I, love that. I love that so, imagine that how many so listeners great. will be using their pets as like ghost radars now they're like oh, Come I'm doing it tonight i just feel like bryce is going to be walking into every room in his house now in front of his family holding baby up at eye level I'm telling oh, you. It's so metal. I love it. But bottom line, I do believe that pets have senses beyond what we have. And they do like, you know, the idea that they can smell an earthquake coming before we know mm. it. Or, yeah. Like yeah, they, yeah. they do. They have, they have something else that we don't have. And, I'd like yeah. to circle back. You said yes on time travel. You think that's something that we'll figure out in the future? Or do you think somebody from the future has already figured it out? I don't know. I'm I but I do believe like it's been that's one of those things where I'm like I've heard it s- explained to me like how it could possibly happen mm-hmm. uh scientifically and I'm I'm like all right well if well if it could happen if maybe we don't have uh the technology at this point but if you know 500 years from now, they did have the technology. What would stop somebody from coming back and, you know, or, or going, you know, traveling well, all throughout time. I don't, there, I don't there's know. The whole theory, there's a whole theory that Nick Redfern puts forth that that's what the men in black are. Are people trying to fix a time stream because so many people are coming back from the future and fucking up our current timeline constantly. Yeah. But we just don't, we just don't realize it. I'm 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 open to that because I I don't think I don't think that sounds crazy to me like you know I I think that sounds like something that could 
possibly ha- i my my only question would be like well how come not everybody's going like buck wild and traveling all over time with like a million years from now but yeah. maybe the world is dead or whatever at that point but uh but or mm. maybe there's some regulations on time travel at that point but you know i i don't know there's that that i'm um, going by the rules of the game i'm open to that I'm Great. not open to the Loch Ness monster. Fair enough. <laughs> gotcha. we, don't to, we don't need to dig on the Loch Ness monster's grave any more than we already have. <laughs> it makes me sad. It's a fish. It's a big fish. That was fish. a fun one. That was a fun one. All right, Ryan. <laughs> It's really you fun. know, you're you're really you really got my wheels turning. Sometimes I think you're a Michael, and then other times I think you're a Bryce. I'm not I know you're not a Riley. I just can't figure out where you land on the spectrum of this show. But I'm a real great. wild card. Love yeah. it. We love it. All right. Well, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. And we're gonna kick off 2023 with a real, real true story of high strangeness, one that crosses the threshold between close encounter and paranormal activity. Ryan, we've discussed some weird stuff on the show, including the recent case of the long prairie cans over on the other side, which involves some uh, sentient robotic tin cans that someone saw get in and out of a rocket on a country road. Um, But even compared to that, this one might leave you scratching your head. That is to say, it might even leave you a little stumped. This is the story of the walking tree stumps of Newport, Oregon. Hmm. All right. Does this ring any bells, Bryce? No. All right. Well, uh, I want to give a special shout out to listener Rachel Bussert, our resident librarian, for helping me track down an out of print book for this episode. Jim Brandon's Weird America, A Guide to Places of Mystery in the United States. All right. So thank you, Rachel. Here we go. Shout out, Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) It all took place on the dark night of April 16th, 1966 in Newport, Oregon. Newport is a small lumber town on the central coast of the state, about a two two to three hour drive from Portland. Nearby Pioneer Mountain is a high strangeness hotspot, and 1966 was particularly active, especially for UFOs, according to author Jim Brandon. On that fateful night, the kind of night that always starts off a little too normal, 16-year-old Kathy Reeves and her friend, who in all accounts remains anonymous, were walking down a rural road to the Reeves' house on Pioneer Mountain when they happened to notice that a dull light was trailing behind them. The light was similar in size and brightness to that of a flashlight with something covering the light source. Kathy later told investigators... I thought it was somebody playing a trick, so I threw a rock at the light. A lot of big ones went on all around it. The multiple lights illuminated the road, bringing into sight a large, room-sized dome resting in the road. The dome was billowing with smoke or mist and giving off a dull red light as if it were on fire. The two teenage girls turned tail and ran for home, 
but they did make it very far before a group of three strange little beings crossed their path. According to Kathy, the beings were about three feet with no discernible head or arms. The creature scuttled across the ground on root-like tentacles for like speedy dryland cephalopods, or as Kathy called them, little tree stumps that walked across the pasture. Even in the darkening hours, they can make out the vivid colors of the creatures. Orange, white, blue, yellow, and watermelon pink. As the little tree creatures made for the silent dome in the road, Kathy and her friend ran top speed for home. Kathy made it home safely that night, but she may not have arrived alone. Over the next few months, the Reeves family began to experience poltergeist activity, including the common appearance of strange lights and orbs hovering around the property. The activity was so disruptive that the local authorities were called, and they often staked out the house hoping to find an explanation to the uncanny phenomenon taking place. Multiple witnesses saw orbs of light zipping in and around the house. Deputy Sheriff Thomas Price was just one of these witnesses. While on watch, he witnessed an orange orb hovering over the house. Yeah, it was bigger than any star. I know it wasn't a meteor or a satellite because it, it wasn't maneuvering. There was a noise like a giant spinning top. It made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Another witness was a chemist for the George Pacific Corporation, Georgia Pacific Corporation, excuse me, by the name of Max Taylor, who while on overnight investigation saw two bluish lights resting on the rooftop of the family home. The strange activity wasn't just limited to the Reeves house. As the year progressed, the area around Pioneer Mountain awoke with high strangeness. Multiple UFOs and strange lights were spotted by dozens of eyewitnesses around the area, and on one occasion, two hulking, one-eyed humanoid giants, yep, a pair of cyclops, were seen, a claim that John Keel noted with little fanfare in his book Strange Creatures from Time and Space. Weird, man. Just a casual mention of two one-eyed giants walking through the mountain. <laughs> just also that. Also. Yeah, just also that. I was like, hold on, everybody. What are we talking about? Jim Brandon just mentions it. John, Ke- I went and looked. I was like, surely John Keel mentioned it. He did. I have no no further information there. It just seems to be something that's just mentioned in passing, passing fancy. And I will... I'll dig deeper into it. I'll see if I can find out more about these cyclops that were marching around Oregon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The activity at the Reeve house became so crazy that the family up and left the place. Once the Reeves were gone, the paranormal activities seemed to cease for both the house and the family that relocated. However, the tree stump like entities may have returned at least once more but this time in Spain. On August 16th, 1968, so just two years later, a chicken farmer in La Serra de Almosener 
in Tavisa named John Matau woke around 6 a.m. to tend to his animals when he noticed what looked like the glare of headlights flashing in the morning sun up on the hillside. Upon further inspection, Matau was stunned to discover a domed object shaped like what he called a half-watermelon hovering a few feet above the ground. In an almost carbon copy repeat performance from 1966, two three-foot entities scurried out of the nearby brush on five or six tentacle-like legs heading towards the object. Mattel likened these entities to lightly colored octopods and remarked that they were disgusting. (laughs) The two beings entered the bottom of the dome, which in turn flew off into the sky. Mattel apparently fainted and nobody saw him for a full 24 hours. So we have some missing farmer and some missing Mm, time here. But definitely potential, yeah. Matau and his brother Sebastian returned to the area a couple days later and found a circular burn mark on the hill. UFO investigators swarmed the area. Matau's sudden public persona spiked his anxiety, causing him to retreat from further exposure and expounding on the story. However, this area of Tarragona province in which the event took place, like Pioneer Mountain, has been called by paranormal investigators as a hotbed for high strangeness. Whether these creatures were space squids or sentient tree stumps from another dimension remains a mystery to this day. And that is the story of the sentient tree stumps of Newport, Oregon. (laughs) And also Spain. And, and, and a little bit of Spain. And also Spain. <laughs> God knows where else. Who knows? What do you think Who about knows? that? What that's do you think stuff. about that, Ryan Gall? I mean, that's crazy stuff. That's like, I don't know. Like, like that's that's insane. Who? It, where, I know I sound like a jerk for asking this, but like where? Who? Who? Who were the people that had this information? <laughs> like, this is this coming from? Like, where does this come from? This is this comes, a story? Is this lore, or is no, this a from a newspaper? Or this like- this would have been stuff that was uh, probably in originally reported in flying saucer magazines in the 1960s. That's where a lot of this stuff will originate from. So this is coming from UFO investigators that caught wind of the stories, went and spoke to the eyewitnesses and they told them their stories. And then this stuff got passed around and then ultimately trickled down into books about UFO encounters. Yeah. Sometimes stuff, sometimes it will make the local paper and there'll be reports about it. But in a in a, in something like such a small town as Newport um, and Oregon in 1966, that didn't make a ton of waves. This was probably something that was passed around between UFO investigators and then ended up in books. Squids. I I feel like uh, what's interesting about this to me is like, I, you know, a lot of the crypto zoology. You, you you could say like well maybe that was a uh, 
some sort of weasel or, or a raccoon. They, like, yeah. Or a bear, like bear on two legs as Bigfoot. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, that's possible. Um, but this is really, <laughs> this is a squid. <laughs> that's a real weird like there's no animal that moves like that no. in the forest. That's what's really bizarre. And the thing that uh, jumped out to me was in both instances there was the the eyewitnesses saw a dome before yeah. they saw these creatures. Um and the only physical evidence at least in the Spanish case was the burnt Grass and that was corroborated by other eyewitnesses as well. And in in the case of Spain, like that became, I downplayed it in this ep- in this episode, but that became like a big media hoopla. That was like a huh. big thing. And this guy was like, I I don't want to talk to anybody about this anymore. It's freaking me out, you know. Um, but that was one where the media really swarmed around that story. I think with very little knowledge if any that something very similar had happened two years prior in the pacific northwest of the united states i don't yeah that doesn't sound you know i'm i am i almost believe i believe in ghosts i believe in ufos and i think we have been i think statistically it's almost impossible we haven't been visited by somebody from another you know, galaxy. Right. It, it just sound that seems insane to me, um, knowing that what's possibly out there. So when I hear a story like that, I'm like, yeah, that's hopefully it was just some friendly visitors who, who like wanted to experiment with earth for a few hours. And then they got a call from their parents saying like, come home. <laughs> and, and they went, they went home immediately, but, that doesn't that doesn't sound crazy to me. It sounds like somebody found some found or saw something pretty odd. And again, I always say like, well, what's the? Why would you make that up? And why would it be made up and look like the same thing in two completely different parts of the yeah. world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super strange. Super really weird. Strange. Really, yeah, really what? weird. One of your more unhinged high strangers is too, I have to say. <laughs> I love it. Watermelon colored octopod stump creatures. Give yeah. sign me up. Do you ever think yeah. like to like you look at Oregon and it's so vast and there's not a ton of people there. And even I think there's I uh, I don't know this for sure, but maybe two, maybe three state troopers that patrol the entire coast of Oregon. <laughs> like wow. do you think there is anything to like say Bigfoot, say uh UFOs that that is a target area because they know it's a safe area to either land or uh like ha- like as a habitat because there's I, nobody I, there. I like the idea that Bigfoot and aliens are like, there's no cops. It's chill. Yeah, honestly, like, <laughs> no cops, no people. Like, yeah, oh, we got to yeah, get rid of the good. cops. And That's how I would roll. <laughs> they see a cop and they're like, heads down, heads down. Five, <laughs> five, five, oh. Cops, 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 yeah. guys, cops, cops, cops. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing yeah, I want to bring up 
before we conclude is this idea of the poltergeist activity and the orbs happening in the home after the eyewitness sighting. This is a weird phenomenon that comes up in the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Comes up uh, all the time. In, in Debbie Corden, Jordan Cobble's alien abduction. Yep. This idea yep. that some uh, so many people, Ryan, who have a UFO encounter will then often spend the next few weeks in their house seeing strange lights and having what people would call poltergeist activity in the home. Objects falling, you know, TVs turning on and off, uh, lights acting strangely um electrical haywire stuff going on so it's a, and maybe that is because i would even say that's possible that that's because the people were exposed to some sort of electromagnetic sphere that they might be still radiating after they've encountered some sort of interdimensional yeah. theft. I, I was gonna ask is it is it a thought of in the community as being followed by whatever well, they, entity or is it something left behind that in, is like within the person that was abducted? Well, nobody know, really knows for sure. And I, but I think the idea here is for people to st- start, start wrapping their minds around this idea that UFOs can and are often more than not associated with paranormal activity and which means there's a connection there. So what is the UFO what is paranormal activity? Why are they connected? So maybe it's not a pilot, uh, you know, uh, piloting a tin can from Zeta Reticuli. Maybe it's something coming from here. Right. Maybe. All right. Well, that wraps up an episode. Ryan, thank you so much for Wait, joining us. We're done. You can stick around. You want to hang out with us for the plug section? Yeah, All right, let's I do it. Michael's, well, dou- Michael's dousing rods tell him it's time to go. Oh we gotta God, go. So we gotta go. Uh, we're you thrilled know. that you're here, and we're thrilled that you're listening. Uh, Bryce, do you have the lamination machine ready to go? Yeah, I'm heating it up right now. Okay, great. We're gonna we're gonna uh, get. You. I'm a huge fan, and I can't wait to continue listening down the road. I as as skeptical as I am, my it, my interest in all of this is outweighs all of that. So I love hearing you guys talk, oh, and I hope you're in the perfect spot to come. Yeah, great. Thank well, you, Ryan. Will absolutely ours, join man. us again. Let's Welcome print up his club membership card. Bryce will have that off in the mail for you very soon. <laughs> in the can't meantime, wait. Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, you can get, I'm on Instagram at, uh, R Y G A U L at R Y G A U L. Um, and I just filmed a horror movie in Maine. So check it out. There's a teaser on my Instagram and we're looking to have that out by next Halloween, um, which has to do with a witch, uh, that lives on a lake in Maine. Oh, love that footage. And you guys, you guys will love it. So when that comes out, I, I want to come back on and show you guys. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a date. So this episode is wrapping up, but there's always more Bigfoot Collectors Club over on BCC. The other side where five bucks a month gets you three exclusive bonus episodes every month. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. If you do, we might read it on the air like this one. From Rachel's username, Ogopogo Drinking Game. I played the Ogopogo Drinking Game. It worked. (laughs) Smiley face, five stars. There you go. Nice. That's all it takes. That's all it takes.
Mm-hmm. Check out That's our it. merch store over at store.bigfootcollectorsclub.com and follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and BCC Podcast on TikTok for all the latest updates. I'm McMills on Instagram and on Cameo. If you want to connect with me over there, I'd be happy to wish someone a happy birthday or give you or a loved one the virtual tour of my corner of the BCC world. And please check out my other podcast, Slate Your Name, where I talk shop with other actors and creators. Yeah, lovely. Well put. You can find me on the socials as well. I'm on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and Twitter at Bryce O. Johnson. Find me there. Let's start a dialogue. And I'm Peace Drone on Instagram. And also, uh, I'm on Cameo. Uh, and I have a link tree that points to lots of my work, if you're interested in that. Awesome. Now, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know how far into the show you are, but do you know the catchphrase that Bryce closes every episode out with? Uh, go get regress. Yep. Okay, great. We're going to let you say this, all right? So, <laughs> all right. I feel honored. We'll cue you up. Bryce, is okay. that okay with you? Do we have your blessing? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, okay, everyone. We want to thank Ryan one last time for joining us. We are headed over to the other side to discuss the 1986 horror flick, House. If we don't see you over there, we'll see you back here next week. Until next time, good night. Go get regressed. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice drive. Smoking, smoking like an uncle, like sitting $20. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.